it doesn't matter anymore. It doesn't matter if you've got a roll around your middle or you've, you know, it always mattered when we were young. And, and if I could go back and say to myself, that doesn't matter. You're listening to C4C Conversations. I feel like if something were to happen to my dad, then my mom's emotional health is going to go down. Yeah, Therefore, yeah. her like physical health will go down. And then I'm like, okay, so I'm 22 years old. I'm appalled at the way things have turned out in the past few years. And when I look to the future, I'm really uncomfortable. Hey everyone, welcome to C4C Conversations. I'm your host, Elamine Abdul-Mahmoud. C4C is all about interesting, telling, and at times challenging conversations. And we've spent the last few months traveling across Canada to find them. Now this is our chance to bring them to you. In a previous episode, we talked about parents, how parenthood changes you, having parents, becoming parents. This really got us thinking about the way people grow up the infinite factors and challenges that come into play as you shape the person you want to be. Today we're talking about the choices we make and some of the ones we don't and how they impact our lives. It's all about growing pains. The first conversation is between Jessica and Jordan, two young co-workers who talk frankly about taking care of their parents and putting family first and ultimately growing up too fast. I just thought like, I don't know, like, I just thought my life would be like very different than what it is, yeah. but I'm really happy with like where I'm at in the yeah. sense of, I guess I thought before that, I don't know, like my parents have been like together and engaged since my mom was in high school. Yeah. And like all of my cousins, like whoever they bring to grad is like who they end up marrying and they're all like buying houses and they're like in their tw- like early 20s. And I thought that that's like how it should be. But then like, I guess I like changed my mind and I'm doing like my own thing, but I couldn't really be happier. And it's odd because like now all those people like tell me like, oh Jess, like we're so jealous of you. But I just tell them like, it's your choice. Like you can do whatever you want. And a lot of people do, they have that like, like, I have that jealousy, right? Of kind of like the way you live your life, but it's kind of like you have the balls to do or you don't. Like some people, and some people want to settle down and have that family now. I mean, I'd love to have kids someday. I just know I'm not like, it's not, yeah. Fair to do that now. I'm not responsible enough to help them. Yeah. Like you know, close down with my little sister. She's like, yeah. you know, I pretty much raised her, so she's like my baby. Yeah. And then the fact that she's having a baby right now, I just find it's heartbreaking. Yeah. Because she's the guy that she's with is basically my dad, and my dad's just—he's really gone downhill. He's not like a good person, really. Yeah. Anymore. Like he's like similar to your dad. He's I like pretty much like the same person, the same stress that my mom went through. Yeah. She had me and my sister with my dad, I know my sister's gonna be going through the same thing, like she's not financially stable to be yeah. raising a baby, but because she's so kind of like, with my dad, the kind of like, the way that he did damage on her, mm-hmm. she needs a baby because she needs love type thing like that, and I can see it, because I've seen it before. Yeah, it's times. a pattern. So I just didn't want to see her go through that stress, but like, 
I, like, I told her nuts to go through with it, and then, like, we still talking for yeah. a month or whatever over it. Yeah. Um, but just, like, knowing that she's going to be going, already going through these hardships, yeah. and that I introduced her to this guy, uh, so it's kind of on me. Of it's a little bit of guilt, and then it's, like, I said some really nasty things to her to try to keep her from going through this kind of pain, and yeah. she's already starting to go through it. I didn't have a relationship with him, my dad growing up, and um, I kind of just, once I turned 18, I became an adult, and then um, we gained kind of relationship at that point. Yeah. So I kind of really held on to him and became like best friends, but like our friendship was kind of based off of partying, I guess, yeah. and we weren't like father and son really, yeah. we were like best friends partying, but it was a relationship that I never had with him before, yeah. so I enjoyed that. But. Um, He's battling his own demons, so he's kind of gotten too far, too far gone in his own life. But do you I have just, a relationship with him now, or? Um, I no. No. Now me and my sister are just waiting for him to die or end up in jail. So I've cha I've been doing this yeah. thing wherever where we call him. My dad's not answering his phone. He's dead. He's dead. We're freaking out. My sister's yeah. crying. It's just it's been so repetitive for the past years and years and years that yeah. we're kind of just. Like, I, my sister's still trying, but she's naive, and she hasn't seen yeah. as much as I have. Yeah. And she hasn't, because I sheltered her from a lot more younger, yeah. right? So, I just got to the point now where I'm like, I can't, I'm not gonna keep doing this. Like, my sister's gonna yeah. do this, you know, daddy this, uh, daddy that. Yeah. I want my, you know, I want my kid to have a granddad for, yeah. you know, for a portion of his life. But I mentally cannot do it anymore. Yeah, fair enough. Like, what I was telling you, like, how close I am to my dad, but, like, it hasn't always been that way. Yeah. Um, yeah, like when I was 18, I mean, my version of the story is definitely gonna be different than my parents' version of the story. But that being said, uh, I got kicked out, moved out, whatever, right? Yeah. And so I didn't talk to them for like six months, yeah. either of them. And now that's why like it's really hard to know that, um, you know, my dad like might be sick and then my mom has her own health issues yeah. and they're both young. And like, I have a brother who you know, gonna be graduating shortly, fingers crossed. <laughs> um, but that being said, like, I feel like if something were to happen to my dad, then my mom's emotional health is gonna go down. Exactly, Therefore, yeah. her, like, physical health will go down. It's definitely scary though, And so. then I'm like, okay, so I'm 22 years old and I'm gonna have to take care of, you know, my parents. Yeah. You know, it, starts, it makes you start to think, like, how am I gonna afford that? like financially or you know since I'm gone for work all the time like who's gonna be there to take care of them and I know that's like worst case scenario but it is a reality that like it's could happen. It's a thought in your head right? Yeah. It's scary right obviously and yeah. like for me it's the opposite I've been taking yeah. care of everyone my entire life yeah. so now like I that's why I'm like one of the few people on this friend that haven't traveled. Yeah. I haven't done anything I haven't gone places yeah. and stuff like that that's why it's like I feel like because I'm 26 I'm too old to do it now but like I mean yeah, like a lot of people on the train are like 28 and they're still traveling and like they're no, just starting you traveling you know? See that's like, one thing it's like I don't like when people like limit themselves like yeah. based on their age or like their gender or just anything that's just like it's you can't control it yeah. right you can't limit yourself that way because like you can do whatever you want like I know like it's more complicated like people have baggage but like Whatever it is that you like want to do, I personally believe like especially traveling, you can make it happen. Yeah. Like. The only thing is like the only reason why I've never traveled and like everyone's is because I've I've never I've never left my sister and I told my sister I would never leave her. Yeah. And when I was gonna move to BC, 
as like you're coming with me or I'm staying home. Yeah. I've, I've, I've passed up a lot of opportunities and yeah. not done a lot of things mm -hmm. because I don't trust I didn't trust my parents raising my sister alone yeah. without me, so yeah. I, I didn't want to leave her in the hands of someone else, right? Yeah, and see, like, that's one thing that, like, I, like, you know, feel, like, only to a little extent is that, like, you know, now I'm this, like, free bird, I'm, like, going wherever I want, yeah. like, you know, I decide with, like, hours notice, hey, I'm going on a road trip here, or I'm flying there, and I don't really have to, like, I let people know, but I don't need to ask permission, or, like, I'm free, I, I'm free to go, yeah. but now it's, like, if you know, different health issues yeah. come up, then I feel like I can't really do that. Yeah, exactly. So that's kind of a scary thought. Bonjour, madame. Ça va? Salut. Salut. Yeah. But yeah, no, so like that's why it's kind of like worrisome because I feel like I have like all these like plans like for, you know, all of my winters. But I'm like, well, what if I need to take care of like, you know, parent or my brother or who knows? I feel, I still, yeah, like I want to be there for my sister and baby. I want to be there to get my dad better and stuff like yeah. that. And I, but like I know that I should be doing that. But yeah. like, but I'm just, it's just so tiring. Like yeah. I've done this for my whole life. Well, everyone's gone done like the family thing and like the travel thing, the buy a house thing, the buy a car thing. Yeah. You know, I've never done that because I've been yeah. like, I've been either, I've been either taking care of supporting someone or partying, partying away like the negative kind of side of things. Man, I feel that acutely. No one tells you where the finish line is. No one tells you when the process of growing up is complete or even a little complete. Am I a man yet? Am I grown up yet? I'm 29, I'm married, I have a baby, but I find myself asking the same questions that Jordan asks. Am I flying yet or am I still on the runway? But we also met some people who felt like they're a little bit closer to grown-up. Jesse and Patsy Ann can remember some of the growing pains they went through to get there and some that they didn't even realize were happening. The next conversation really makes me think about how important it is to look back, to make the time to pause and reflect on how far you've come and all the things you've had to overcome to get there. Uh, this is good. If you could relive any moment, what would it be and why? Mm. Oh, that's a good question. Could relive um, any... Well, I guess uh, any... Well, I guess getting married to you again probably would be it for me. Yeah. That's very sweet. Okay, well, God, we sound so boring. I'm trying boring. to think of what other things we could relive. <laughs> um, it always makes me think of when I first started to travel. And, okay. And, um, that wonderful feeling of, of freedom and the first time I went off to Europe backpacking, I just felt such a sense of freedom be who I wanted to be. There was no preconceived notions of who I was or what I'd mean. And it was all by myself and I had to be self-reliant and it was just it was just a wonderful feeling. I guess as close as I've ever come to having that feeling was uh, when, my, when I emigrated to Canada. Yes. And that that uh, for the first time I was totally on my own, away from home, away from my family, 
away from anything and everybody who knew me. Yes. And, uh, but at the same time, I was just such a, well, optimist. And I was so fortunate. When I look back, I was so fortunate. That's almost all of the opportunities that I've had in Canada, I could not have wished for and my wildest dreams of growing up in Florida. It was just not possible. And you always tell the story that I love about the policeman, and you thought that he was <laughs> oh, yes. accompanying you home. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, policeman, and uh, I was living on Coxwell Avenue near the subway in Toronto. in Toronto, and I had been living in Toronto for probably about a week. And I was going home real late at night from a party, and the policeman stopped me outside the station and said, um, where are you going? I'm going home. Of course, I didn't realize at the time they didn't have black people living in that part of the city. In fact, not black men in much of Toronto at that time. And so I told him. And when I arrived at home, he's sitting out in front of me. He had asked my address. He was sitting out in front of a place, and I went, breaking in with all the other draft dogs, just saying, hey man, guess what? This is a wonderful place. Policeman asked me what, and he came here, saw that I was home safe Safely. and sound, man. Like, that was <laughs> wonderful. I've never had that experience in my life. And, you know, after all the things I had done before coming to Canada, for me to uh, have a positive encounter with the policeman was just just about impossible. But I don't think he was there to make sure you got home safely. <laughs> no, make sure no. I realized that later, later but yeah. at the time I, I didn't realize that. Right. You have lots of good stories from coming up from the States, honey. Well, that was a good time for me. It was. Okay, how do you feel about the future? Anxious, excited? Well, I feel good about the future, but then um, I've been retired now for such a long time. <laughs> I feel good about the future, except I don't feel good about um, the future for our children and their prospects compared to me, compared to what we've experienced. I just, uh, I'm appalled at the way things have turned out in the past few years. And when I look to the future, I'm really uncomfortable uncomfortable. And, uh, In what way is The whole opportunity and uh, possibilities have just shrunk so much. When I look at how difficult it is for them to buy a home, to get a decent job, to get a pension, to do any of the kinds of things that we took for granted and benefited from tremendously, although we worked hard, I'm appalled at that, so that I don't like. After listening to Jesse talk about his kids and how all his concerns now surround their future, I'm realizing that Jesse is experiencing a whole new kind of growing pain. One that only happens once you've gotten close to that finish line. Once you're a grown-up yourself. You can hear it in his voice. You can hear the empathy of a father wanting a future for his children, full of everything he had, yet not knowing how to help them get there. Finding that compromise between wanting to give your kids everything and the reality that at a certain point, they're going to have to figure it out for themselves. 
I'm a new father, so I'm thinking a lot about this, about how I have my journey to figure out what I want to achieve, but now there's, there's another thread of watching my daughter learn and achieve things and helping her through that. Listening to Jesse and Patsy Ann made me realize that arriving at a good place with my own line is not at all the end of my growing pains. There's a whole new set to manage. Now, this next conversation is one that I think we can all relate to. Randall and Andrew have a bit of fun talking about a major moment in their lives and how it inspired both of them to hop on the train and travel across the country. I am socially broken and have no <laughs> friends. Um, I know we've talked about it before, but I'm uh, not with my girlfriend anymore, so it was like a good thing to sort of like travel alone and do that. I've also like haven't really had the chance to travel a whole lot, so being able to travel alone, like do whatever you want, like instead of like being with people and like having like a schedule or something, like yeah, you can do whatever you want, which is intriguing to me. So yeah, um, I, I'm very much the same way. I actually have just gone through a breakup myself. Okay, and. Uh, yeah, this trip couldn't have come at a better time. Yeah, no, that's you gotta very do similar to me. Yeah, a lot of soul searching, <laughs> a lot of like figuring out what I want to do. Yeah. Um, and you know, as much as it, I've learned about myself, yeah, more than anything, I have learned I know nothing about myself. <laughs> it's, that's funny. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know if that's funny. Well, it's it's important. Okay. <laughs> it's very important. Fair enough. We were together until I left North Carolina. It was kind of like, quote unquote, mutual. I don't think it, like looking back, it probably wasn't as mutual as we made it out to be. Um, um, but yeah, we, so we were together until June, but I started traveling in July, so it wasn't that long. Mm. Yeah. Um, I think we broke up. Uh, yeah, actually, it was. Oh my god! It was Don't say the, June. It was the beginning of June. Yeah. Okay. Like for, I know we talked about this earlier, earlier but I but I um, I went to school for five years in New York, moved to North Carolina for a year. Now I'm moving back to Windsor, but I'm moving into a house with my best friend. I'm going back to school for something that I never would have considered even like six months ago. Um, Again, I'm back in like the city where all my family is, and again, looking for a part-time job that I can do while I'm going back to school. Um, and in terms of like a relationship, like I've been in, I was in a relationship in high school, a relationship in college, and then another one like towards the end of college. I've had a, I haven't had a whole lot of time that I was like single, so part of me too is just like wanting to do this trip, go to school, like do these things, like live with my best friend, and like sort of live that kind of life for a yeah. bit. And, Again, do some soul searching sort of thing, and maybe you know find out like the things that make me happy, and like be happy on my own, yeah. which is maybe something that I haven't done. Um, I think for me, like with the way my relationship ended, and like looking back on it, like, we haven't really texted or like talked at all since it happened. Like she sent me a box of stuff that I had left at the apartment mm. and like didn't even tell me didn't even say hey like just so you know you left some things I'm sending them to you I just like showed up at my doorstep and I was like oh 
So I texted her, I was like, hey, thanks. She says, no problem. Like, hope everything's good. So it's like this really weird, like, cold feeling towards someone that you've, like, grown to be one of your best friends. Yeah. I feel like I need to interject here for a second because you can hear that the moment still stings a bit. And it's a kind of sting that I think all of us have felt. This is one of the hardest things to grapple with when you break up. Those awkward, painful moments after the breakup, the dividing of things, the phone calls here and there until there's nothing left to talk about. That person was someone you grew to love, someone you've grown with together, and now you've grown apart. I don't know. I haven't really been, like, like as much as I am single, I don't like really feel that I, I'm single because I'm not looking for anything. Okay. You know? Uh, maybe that'll change when I uh, find someone. When I find someone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I think that's important though to like not be looking. Yeah. Like I feel like sometimes when you're like looking for a relationship, you get into a relationship that maybe isn't right. Whereas mm. like if you just sort of let it happen and you like meet people and like you're like you just be yourself and you meet someone and then it's like oh like we sort of hit it off like do you want to go get a coffee like yeah. instead of like searching out for something I'd be like I don't know it's just, yeah sometimes that can be Some, sometimes forcing it weird. is not worth it yeah you know because then maybe you get into a relationship that you like want to work and then you're in it for too long and then it's yeah yeah so how's about with you it's like is it strange being single yeah it's odd like it's definitely weird because I think the one thing that's gonna that helps me with it though is that like I'm somewhere completely different like at least like I had to move out of the city that she was in mm-hmm. and like I'm with people that you know she doesn't necessarily know because we went to school together and this is people that I know from back home so which is like hard in itself I guess sometimes because you don't have like there's maybe connections that you like wish you could like have still sort of yeah. but you don't have them anymore yeah. and but at the same time, it's it's like it's probably for the best, like yeah, knowing oh. that you're like you oh, can yeah. just like have a like have it be more clean like that, I guess. Yeah. But I don't know. It doesn't like I feel like any breakup, whether it's like you broke up with the person, they broke up with you, or it's mutual or whatever, that it's always gonna be like tough in a sense, and it's always gonna feel strange. Yeah. Four years, two years, even like two months, like you, you, there's a part of you that gets used to living with someone or being able to talk to someone yeah, or whatever yeah. whatever it is yeah um, and you have to you have to like change yeah you, you get so comfortable with like someone like, mm-hmm. like they, they really become your best friends yep and then you know it can be so abrupt yep that that yeah it just ends and what do you do yeah and what do you do what do you do what comes next well in Randall's case you go traveling and you try to sort it out. Try to find out who you are and what you're about. There are so many songs and poems and movies about a journey and a search for self. That feeling that when something changes, something bad happens, you just need to get out of there and try to figure it out. But what is it about travel that makes it possible to tap into who we are? Barb and Margaret might have some answers. We uh, started talking to each other right away, I guess, at breakfast, and uh, had a lot of things in common. How, uh, you know, the number of children we had, um, 
our life experiences and so on. So, and our travels. And our, y yes. yes. Me with my travels, a lot of travels, and uh, um, yeah. So it was it, it 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 was quite good to be able to uh, talk about your different cultures, your different ways of life, um, um, what it involved. Um, the similarities and the similarities, and the similarities yes. and the differences. Well, my question is, what is something you would tell your younger self? <laughs> right, <laughs> that's interesting. I started quite young. Um, I came. I went to. I came. I was born in England, and at 23, I came from England to New Zealand. As a te they called them ten pound palms. Now, if you're English, that's what they call the palms. Ten pounds was meant that I paid ten pounds, and the government, New Zealand government, paid for the rest of my fare. And I went out. Uh, it took six weeks on the boat, and I had, was under a like a bonded under a contract for two years to stay in, and I was in agriculture, so to stay in that sphere of work. And. Um, at that point, um, I had said very young, a young age that I wanted to go to New Zealand. So when I arrived in New Zealand, I'd been there about a month and made the decision I never wanted to leave New Zealand. I was going to be a New Zealander. So to me, this was, and, and so I never ever regretted that. I think a little bit of regret I had after that was I worked and I put too much of myself into work for very little reward. Um, and so I really didn't do a lot as a younger person. I didn't perhaps enjoy my life as much as a younger person. Um, I hadn't got married and had three children and of course the farm took up all our time. And I think that what I'm doing now and what I'm, not just what I'm doing, what I'm enjoying now, I should have been able to have enjoyed that earlier. So that is really what I would like to say about my younger self. So I would encourage people to just go out there and do it. Hey, life's short. Just do it. Yeah, that's the because three at the words. end of the day, those are three very important words. Just to do, do it. it. Yes. I, to, my question to that. It's funny because we were just talking about this at lunch, and I was talking with two Australian fellows and a girl who's working in Japan. And um, we were talking about this very thing in a roundabout way because it was about what people think about you and how they can hurt you. And when I was younger, I was very self-conscious. I was always an, an adventurer, but I was very self-conscious. And so he, one of the fellows was saying, well, people are so mean in what they say. And I said, but what do you care? Because you don't know that person really. And so they're not going to be a lifelong friend. And so if they don't agree with what you think, then so be it, whatever. But don't you, you know, but don't, don't take it to heart so much, just kind of work around it because there's all kind of people in this world, including mean people, rude people, polite people, whatever. You're going to run into all of them. But I wish that when I was younger, I could have had the, the knowledge to think that same way. Part of it is life's lessons, right? Yeah. Yes, that's yeah. right. Yeah. If you had this, 
when you were young. <laughs> had that no, that, the knowledge we've got now. Right. And that's the other thing I found. As you get older, you don't care. No, you don't. <laughs> it doesn't matter anymore. It doesn't matter if you've got a roll around your middle or you've, you know, it always mattered when we were young. And, and if I could go back and say to myself, that doesn't matter. Just do it. Just, as you said, yeah, just do it. Yeah. That's, that's it's life. Enjoy life. That's it for this episode. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed these conversations, please tell your friends about the podcast and review us on iTunes. It will help other people find us. Thanks to our founding sponsors, the Macmillan Family Foundation, Inspirit Foundation, and the National Film Board of Canada. Our conversations are recorded in partnership with Via Rail Canada, and many thanks to Ryerson University, Carleton University, MyTax, and IMAX Corporation for their support. Join us next week. We'll be tackling conversations about mental health. Here's a preview of some of those stories to come. Yeah, where I went to school for grade seven and eight, I was bullied like severely to a point where like, who <laughs> wasn't? To a point where like, I didn't want to live anymore at such a young age. And when I would talk to like teachers at school about it, they didn't do anything because yeah they don't take kids' mental health seriously. Yeah. Before we finish this week's episode, we have a quick update we'd like to share with you. You might remember Linda, Nancy, and Pearl from our episode about love. We've been friends for 65 years. 60 years we've been friends. Yeah, it's 60, well, longer than that, 62 now. And never, ever had a fight. <laughs> no. <laughs> We disagree, this, but we This might I'm, be the first well, after I'm, doing I'm this. Linda's mother. These three women left such a lasting impression on our team. We'll listen to their conversation again and again. We reconnected with Linda several weeks after meeting her. So I guess we'll just start by asking you uh, if you could tell us a little bit about what the experience of recording with Catherine and I was like. So, no, so, yeah, so we, it was easy to talk to the, or well, we weren't talking to them, we were pulling some of the things out, and we were talking about our own things, and then we got on the subject of love, because I kept on pulling that out, and I said, I don't want to talk about it, I don't want to talk about it, and then Catherine said, Linda, why do you not want to talk about it, and that's when we got in the discussion of love, so... Yeah, she um, got us into that <laughs> discussion. Did it feel good once you got into it? Yeah, yeah, because then you start thinking about it more and you start realizing, I don't know, I, I was just kind of, um, I don't know. I just always have, I had this thing about saying love to people. So now I, I think of more, I think more about it. And then I think we started saying, yeah, there's all kinds of different kinds of love, right? You know, so that I makes like, a difference. I like what you said when you said that people say it too freely. I do think that sometimes. I hear people say it, and I'm like, I don't think they mean it all the time. I, I can't say it unless I mean it. I guess that's maybe one of the issues. And she had some sad news to share with us. In June, Nancy passed away suddenly. I really missed her. 
because I talked to her. I didn't, we lived an hour and a half away, but I talked to her like three or four times a week. And, you know, when you have some, I missed that conversation. And sometimes we would be on the phone for a couple of hours. I don't know what we talked about, but we would talk. And, or if we had stuff to say, I missed like picking up the phone and you don't realize how much you miss somebody until they're gone and probably I miss her more than I've missed anyone in my life. So, you know, we talk about love and that's when I think I truly did love her because I don't have any sisters, so... She was like that sister I never had, so we were really, really close, and we told every we i could tell I told her everything, and she told me everything, like even Jim wouldn't know half the stuff, like you know we told stuff we would never tell anyone else, so I missed that, you know, I have friends, but lots of other friends, but I've never been she was the closest thing. For 60 years we were friends, right? So, you know, she's been in my life a long, long time. So, that stuff I missed. It it's been hard. Mm-hmm. So. But I'm curious, why do you think why do you think people, weirdos or not, you know, gravitated towards you and gravitated towards Nancy like that? What what do you think it was about her? Um, you must look inviting to them. I don't know. Maybe we're crazy. I don't know. I don't know. It was the weird I think maybe we're friendly. We're probably friendly people. Well, I'll say. I'll say for sure you're friendly. I that must be it. That's the only reason I can tell you. It's and Nancy pro, I say maybe Nancy more because she's more engaging with asking all kinds she was always more engaging about asking all these questions, right? Mm. Where I would not probably engaged in conversation as much. We'd like to dedicate this episode of C4C Conversations to Nancy. It was such a pleasure meeting you.